Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans Now. Today's guest is another big guest in every sense of the word. One of Scotland's best, if not the best, uh, current bodybuilder, amateur bodybuilder at the moment. But I would uh, strongly say after this year, you'll probably be a pro. Um, is the one and only Greg Taylor. How are we doing? Very good, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. Not a problem. You know, I, I said the same. I had a, an episode with Andy a few weeks ago, and I've been doing this for a while, and I've just sort of been banging my head against the wall thinking, why didn't I get you guys on sooner? <laughs> get you on sooner? Because you're the cream of the crop when it comes to when it comes to Scotland. But I'm, I'm fully aware that there's, there's maybe a lot of people that have just started listening to this that maybe perhaps don't know much about you. So what I'd love for you to do is give yourself a thorough introduction of kind of who you are, your bodybuilding career to date, um, and your journey so far. That'd be epic. Yeah. Well, as uh, you said, my name is Greg Taylor, and um, I'm an online coach. Um, I've been, I wouldn't say I've been doing bodybuilding for as long as I've been going to the gym. I've been going to the gym for a good part of 10 years, but most so it was just because I enjoyed going to the gym. So for a good maybe five, six years, I kind of just went just doing as you do, learn a little bit as you go. It wasn't serious. It wasn't like I took diet and seriously, or if I missed a day, who, like who, who cares? It was just I enjoyed training. Um, it wasn't actually until I moved up to Aberdeen, um, I kind of got in with my flatmate. He was more into the gym and I kind of looked into more part, more of the side of diets and how much the change of physique in that sense. So once I started looking into diets and I actually applied one, like the changes within weeks were dramatic. And I was just like a bug at bit. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. So from then on, I kind of got a lot more into it and my physique changed and changed. But I'm one of these guys, when I went to the gym, I went in all guns blazing. I did loads of reps, loads of sets, and I just wanted to leave there absolutely exhausted. I didn't have structure to what I'd done. Um, it was lift as heavy as possible, many reps as possible, loads of, loads of sets until that muscle was done. Um, so I did that for a long time, and um, I thought, I'll do my first show. And uh, my first show was actually Miami Pro. I went in to do a fitness and muscle model. It was just one of the things I seen on the net. It was um, it wasn't like into bodybuilding at the time. I was into like looking good and being healthy and all that. But um, that was kind of what caught my eye on the net. I thought that looks quite good. I want to give it a try. And uh, I think there was sixty five people in my class, and I ended up taking third. Um, yeah, it was a big, big class. It was huge. Like the whole stage was just full of guys, and they were just like putting like ten boys on, ten boys back, ten boys on, ten boys back. So, it was a long time. I ended up taking third, and it was uh, for that I was just like, "Wow, that was amazing." Then my second class was the muscle model class, and I think I ended up taking fourth in that class. There was a baby about 35, 40 guys in that class, which again I was still blown, blown away. Um, and again, I was just like another bug at bit, and I got hooked after that. So the year after that, I wanted to go and do kind of the next progress on that, which was the WBFF, which was quite a big. Um, I went and done that at the O2. And the classes weren't as big as that, but it was a very, very high standard of guys. And I think I was just in the top 10, which again, in that sense, it was very good. And then I went and took years off after that. It wasn't just because I wanted to, but I met my wife and I was traveling back and forward to Norway. And uh, I just wanted to spend a lot more time being with her and more traveling back and forth. I couldn't take stuff as seriously as I could to compete, which wasn't a big deal at the time. I mean, I still went to the gym and enjoyed what I love to do. And um, once uh, we finally moved here, I kind of thought, right, I'll give bodybuilding a go because I spent three years kind of just bashing the gym, growing a bit, and ended up doing PCA Scotland and ended up winning my 
class and I end up winning the overall of the show. So yeah. again, another bug bit man. I thought this, this could really go somewhere. And yeah. uh each of I'd done the PCA UK and uh obviously Andy done that as well. So it was uh, pretty much we both got to the overall, both won our classes and uh, it was just me and him battling it out in the overall in the final and uh a lot of people would say it was a very, very close call in the end, but Andy went and took it. But to be starting next to such a high caliber guy, so I rate Andy such a high, high regard in the sport, and he's like my best friend. So to be just stand there on stage with your best friend, just the two of you in the overall battle, it was a very, very special experience for both of us. So um, yeah, and then ended up kind of battle through last year. Obviously, pretty quick was a disaster for everybody, but I kind of kept on going, and I wanted to do uh, the two bros. British final that was set up and ended up taking third in that out of, I think it was maybe 19 guys, which again, very high standard of guys, so very, very pleased to come away with that. And this year I'm hoping to go to the Arnold Classic and come away with first. Yeah, you've yeah. not like that. Yeah, so it's been, a, it's been an interesting few years, but yeah, it's been, um, I'm very grateful and lucky to what I've came away with and obviously um yeah, just happy with the overall experience I've had at all my opportunities. I mean, I can only imagine 65 guys in your first class ever. Yeah. I, is, when I turned up, I had no idea. Like, I thought that was just the size of the classes. It was, at the time, it was very, very popular. That about uh, I mean, like, there's actually a photo I've got on my computer of everybody on stage, and there was just hundreds and hundreds of athletes on stage. Like, they couldn't even fit us all on stage. Yeah, I think... It shows you how many people were there. I think that anyone's competed. I mean, when I did men's physique, for me, like, I was like, oh, I want to do muscle model. That's like, that's the goals for me. And then I think after I did physique, I was like, actually, muscle model guy's are really small. I want to be even bigger than that. And and kind of it goes from there. But for you to have went from 65 guys in one class and your most recent one last year, 19, that's, mm-hmm. you know, an incredible amount of people to, to beat. Would you say that that sort of first little, you said you sort of got the bug, if you sort of were to go back and maybe perhaps, you know, you came maybe, I don't know, 7th, 8th or ninth or 10th, would that have perhaps maybe created a different different sort of Greg or would you still have that same fucking drive to be like, holy shit? Was it just that first whole experience of it or was it the result? You know what? The whole experience of that show was amazing. Like I actually remember going backstage and I still speak to some of the guys to, to this day. It was um, just meeting some of the guys was just such an awesome day. Like just meeting people from all over Britain and then uh, going stand on stage with them. And it was just such a surreal experience. Obviously, I've never done that kind of sense. And uh, it was just such a great day. And um, I think I would have went and done the exact same after that. So it was the experience that got me. I mean, like the trophy was great. Like I was blown away. I got like third out of that many people. So, um, but yeah, it was just the overall experience of actually competing that kind of got me. And I, th- I think that just hearing you speak about your journey, you can obviously tell how passionate you are about it, but you also have a, I echo a lot of respect for others in the sport. You know, you mentioned that the respect you've got for Andy and you guys seem like you have a, a great relationship. And I'm sure everyone in Scotland is both rooting for you, but at the same time is looking forward to seeing you guys kind of duel out up there. Um, because obviously yeah. it was so close last time. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a photo the guy captured of like when it was just me and him standing on stage and the red out who won. And it was just like, I like dipped my head and he's like, yes. But I mean, it was literally a, like a 10 second <laughs> fuck I was so close but then it was just uttermost respect for Andy winning it because if anybody deserves to beat me it was him so we just have such a respect for each other in that sense like I think he's he said to me I've said to him as like if anybody's going to beat each other it's going to be one of us like we both know we're both there 
and uh, we both have such appreciation for our physiques. Um, so yeah, I think it was just um, was, there was there was just too much love to very hate. Yeah, yeah. But now that you guys are kind of both doing the, the tubos fed, you know, you're going up against guys, you know, from England all over Europe. Um, so everyone will be rooting for you both. I mean, I, I can't wait to see it. I'll be, I'm, yeah. I'm not doing the Arnolds, but I can't wait to see it. It'll be awesome. But anyway, I'm kind of a little bit off topic. Um, the next sort of thing we were going to discuss now, I think that someone like yourself would be great to, to get your sort of tips and experience for those that, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that look up to you, a lot of guys that are doing the sort of fitness model classes or men's physique or whatever it is, but they know that's not their end point. They know that they go, fuck, one day I want to be that sort of Greg Taylor size or I want to have a similar sort of level of muscularity. So, in knowing that they look up to you and, and you know they look for you source of information, if, if you had sort of maybe three tips, you, know, you look at your whole career, how, how you went from, you, know, you had the period of time, obviously you spent time with your wife, but then after when you took it seriously, if there were sort of three tips you could say, guys, look, this is what I focused on and this is what worked for me, what would they be for the audience out there listening? Just progress is the main one. I mean, um, like there's no point in trying to go in the gym like every day and trying to complete the same thing you done yesterday or the week before. You need to always be obviously focusing on more weight when you get bigger, you have to start focusing on more food. Like the bigger you are, the more food you're going to need. It does not necessarily mean like more drugs in that sense. Um, so everything needs to go up gradually, but everything is progress. So, I mean, like, pet, like honestly, hand on heart, I never thought I would be where I am. Never. I never thought I'd be the size. I genuinely did not think I had the genetics. I just look at the guys who are in my class now, or I used to look at that, and I was like, Jesus, those boys are big. Like that's that, that's not me. I, I don't have that body. And like once you start seeing things happen and you like you start realizing how hard you can work and like how hard that work comes back and like show, shows in your physique, you're like, I can I can maybe do it. It's gonna take some time, but that's the main thing is time. People just don't have that patience for time. Um, how long this genuinely takes to stick on muscle, it's a slog and a process. And it's like it's not just like weeks so it's like day after day after day it's repetitive it's the consistency of the hard work that gets people and they don't understand that that's why people fall short because they just don't have the consistency for that length of time so if you really really do want to kind of follow a similar path to what i've taken is just be consistent and just do the work like you're going to have to there's going to be like a long long process of like seeing what you don't want to see but in time if you keep doing the right stuff it will come. Yeah. yeah. So we've got, if we were to summarize that, we, we could say that we've got, say, work ethic, effectively, the train hard and, and progress. Time, what about a third one? What would be a third tip? Something that maybe you've done yourself, maybe focused on, maybe some, something you see other guys you just don't do, maybe beginners at the start, something you could go back and wish that you'd done at the start. What would that be? This is a personal thing for me. I hate how I look, always. Even if like people say, like, oh, fuck, you look great. Like, hate how you look. Even if you think oh, I look good, they like, fucking hate it. Look at yourself and go, I really hate how I look. Like, I'm going to go in and make a difference today. I'm going to, I will eat those seven meals and I'll finish every grain of fucking rice. Like, do that. And, like, I'm going to do that to be better. Like, I hate how I look. I'm going to do that because I'm going to want to look better. That's just like that's a kind of like a sick sense of humor in myself. Like I'll always hate how I look, just so I can go improve myself wrong and be better. But I mean, like that's just a personal thing. But yeah, just just always want more in that kind of way. Now that you said that, 
I understand how you're able to go to those places when you lift, like, was it 280 on stiff leg or something like that? It was something crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think <clears throat> that analogy you just said, it kind of it, it explains who Greg Taylor is to a T. You know, that, that kind of sort of getting in your own head and being your own worst enemy to then bring about a, a, a much sort of better performance in and out of the gym, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just like literally, I don't want to say it's anger, but it's just like, I will not lose to this. Like, I'm going to put everything else. I'm going to rip that bar clean off the floor for as many times as possible, and I'm going to go until my back almost gives out. It's just like you have to go to that uttermost like depth of hell in, in your sets. Like I said, to Andy, like when you're on a set and like you are maybe about three quarters of the way up, and you just squeeze out the last bit yourself, and you're like, "Oh, this last one." Everybody else would rack it. You're like, "I could maybe come down and maybe come halfway up, but I'm going to do that." And not many people will go and do that because they're like, I'm done. I do not want to go down again. But like, you're going to go down and you might not come back up, but you've just got to go for that and give it that kind of chance. That's where you've got to go. Even if, even if you're not coming up, go for it. Because yeah. that's yeah. going to make a difference, those failure sets. I love that. Oh, love that. Right. It's those 50-50 reps that ultimately, I would say, they make the biggest difference, right? And it's only, it's only the guys with enough testicular fortitude that actually actually go for them and so yeah dude I, I love it I mean hearing you speak I just want to fucking go <laughs> go try and rip a deadlift <laughs> off the floor now but one thing I think that you know you touched on there was you said it's not all about the drugs and I think that if I think back to my early days fuck I was probably running more than I or just as much as I was running last year and mm. that could maybe be seen as a I'd certainly a common misconception but I guess if we were not to look at that alone but look at sort of other perhaps things you might see competitors, I don't want to say do wrong because I, I feel that there's, there's not wrong, there's effective and ineffective, but if we just, for, for the purpose of the conversation, wrong, you know, what, what would you kind of think that it would be? You know, have you been there before? Have you made those mistakes? And if you have done, what advice would you give to those guys that are maybe making them now? Um, I would say generally one of the biggest mistakes I've made is something I've only just learned in the last year, and it's the amount of work I try and do in the gym without recovery. And um, obviously, like, I don't know if anybody knows, but I've started working with JP recently. And um, he trained, he changed my training and my, um, like, rest and recovery, like, massively. Like, before I would go in for, like, maybe five days in a row and try and kill it. And by that fifth day, like, I was honestly screwed. And I, I was, it was just, like, that, like, what I just spoke about, like, that pure drive and, like, like, that kind of sense to go in and I had to finish that set and, and like, that, that workout. That was all that got me through that kind of stuff. And by the time I was on my rest day, I was absolutely buggered. But now I'm doing, like, two days on, one day off. And my structure in the workout is much better. And, like, the development in myself in the last, like, 12 weeks has just been night and day. So I would genuinely, like, genuinely say, like, watch your recovery and, like, your actual performance in the gym. Um, yeah. I mean, it's took me this, like, this long to really somebody to kick me in the ass and show me this. Like, I've just been so stubborn about how I want to go in and just, like, do as much as possible. I'm like, more is not always better. I'll tell you that now. Yeah. 100%. I love that, dude. Because, um, I still remember back in the day thinking, i got to train seven days a week, six days a week, right? When it's not like that. But to hear someone yourself say at your level that actually, you know, I, your two days on, one day off, and hopefully guys that are listening that were where I was a few years ago sort of pick up on that and implement it. If you were to give us a, a maybe a, a little analogy of 
what your strength was like back when you trained the five days in a row versus what it's like now. And like obviously we've seen the Instagram videos, but anything else you, know, you could say strength wise that you've just seen fly up? Yeah, well, like I, um, I had a check in with Jordan this morning and start working with Jordan. Um, I would say my main lifts, I was stuck on a 30 kilo on every single one almost for in between the six to eight rep range, and that's in 12 weeks. Um, and I, I wasn't like not strong before. I mean, I've got videos of me with 300 kilos on a safety bar for four reps. Um, I've done like front uh, front squats with 240. Um, I've done hack squats with seven uh, plates aside. Um, my deadlifts, I've done a 300 kilo dead, like normal deadlift of four for one. So it's not like my strength wasn't there. But again, it was just like sheer will, it's like most of the time to do it. I just wanted to do it. Um, and I was lucky enough, I was young enough, my joints were pretty good. They like, kind of allowed me to do so. But um, now watching my progress, like from resting more and being more precise in my sets, it's just been amazing over the last 12 weeks to what I've been able to do. So this is like, this is like what I'm kicking myself massively now. Like, can you imagine what it would have been like if I'd done this years ago? Where would I be? But it's like, you just got to bite that bill and say, this is the learning curve of what you do. Not everybody can learn everything in one go. It takes years and years and years. You'll learn something every week or every day yeah. to be better. So it's just, a, just what the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. Did you pull your volume down, like your overall volume on specific body parts? Did it kind of go from, I don't know if you even counted, but you know, did it go from, let's say, right, across the week I do eight, nine sets from a quads and then you pulled them down to six or, or anything like that at all? The last year, I mean, pretty much I've always split up my uh, ham and quad day, but now I do just one leg day. Um, but what to say? It just better mean like I'm only doing like one set of squats just now, uh, but before that I'll do three sets of leg press and the leg press gets like consistently harder as you go on in the set. So your last uh, set is way harder than your first set. Um, so it's it's totally different how it's been structured. But like last year I was doing a lot of cluster sets and maybe like three working sets of heavy weight and then two sets of heavy weight on other sets. It was just varied, but it was quite a bit of volume. But before that, the year I was doing one one working set and one deload set and it was working very well for me. But like the year just passed it on a lot more volume. And now I'm taking it way back and my growth has just went through the roof. So <laughs> It's just really finding what works for you the best, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, I'm really seeing now that the lower volume is better for me with with, with more rest and more frequency. Yeah, 100%. I think that's what a lot of guys in the early days need to figure out is that there, there's so many different ways you can skin a cat, as people say, yeah. but it's finding the way that, that works well for you. And it, it's great to see that you, you've done something for so many years, you've had a little bit of a change up and you found it works out even better. And <laughs> although... As you said, yeah, you know, maybe maybe you were kicking yourself for it. You still, in the earlier days, you, I mean, look at you know, look at the size of you anyway. You've, you've made yeah. a lot of progress. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm very fortunate. Like my body was quite resilient to the training, and it, it paid off in my look. But I think now, I mean, I think even last year, I would say once I was getting to the show, my body was starting to look very burnt out from trying to do it. I think just with the year, like now my age of where I'm at, I think my body just had so much of beating over the last like seven years it's now got to the point like we're needing to be a bit more smart and obviously going to Jordan he's kind of changed that and it's really paying off in my look yeah, yeah. you mentioned that if you could go back you know you'd be kicking yourself and thinking you know what if I'd been doing this for years but if there was anything else 
you know, if you could kind of go back to the early days, apart from, you know, really valuing recovery, um, is there anything that you would perhaps do differently in regards to whether it be training methodologies, different shows, or whether it be different drug protocols or whatever, anything that you can go and say, ah, you know what, because I've done that, I've learned that I didn't need to do that or anything like that, those instances. I wouldn't say, I, would. I mean, everything I've done has uh, taught me what I, where I am and it's uh, shown me like what, how, how I should train. I like, I like to take everything as an experience of learning. So I wouldn't say anything that's been the only thing I would say I would like to change I wish I started sooner. I wish I started doing like this whole process sooner. Like I started when I was maybe 24, 25. So I wish I started when I was maybe 20. Okay. That's the only thing I would say. And for the listeners that don't know, how old are you right now? 32. I turned 32 just in January. 32. Cool. So you've been going hard for, for years. And I think that again backs up the whole sort of patience idea. Do you think that, I think a lot of the younger guys rush it? Do you think they rush the stage too early? I think they do, in a sense. I mean, I think if they, they would get bitten by the gym bug within, like, months, they're just like, I want to do a show. And it's like, if you want to do a physique, yeah, you could maybe do another six months and you might look all right. But, I mean, like, the guys are saying, I want to go straight to bodybuilding. You're like, you're, the tissue is just not there, mate. And even if you diet down, you're just not going to have the, even the slightest little bit of density to your muscle. I mean, density and that look comes over time of like beating that muscle properly in the gym and getting it in really good condition. It just takes time. And it's a lot of things people don't understand that. I mean, um, if you look at my Andy's look on stage, we're like granite hard and we're very dense with deep cuts and separation. Like that's just years of work. That's years of hard, heavy training. That's not something we've came with like in a couple of years. This has taken a long time to get that. And... Would you say that maybe perhaps the, the bug to compete too early, is that maybe came about through social media? Do you think that influence? Of course. I think it's like seeing like their idols or like who they look up to in that kind of sense of the bodybuilding world or even the Instagram world. They're just like saying, I want to look like that. And they're like, look at all the appreciation these guys get and look at their followers and their likes. Like, I want to go do that. I want to look on stage. I want to get that many likes and many followers. I want sponsorships, all this kind of stuff. And like, it just, it doesn't come overnight. It's still a process. Everything's a process in this game. It's like people seem to think they're going to get a quick, a quick, ten thousand followers or many likes in their photos, and they've got all this overnight. And it's not going to happen. They don't going to look like that on stage when you first go in in a year. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, fuck, I've been trying to get ten thousand followers for like five years. It doesn't. It, it certainly doesn't happen. Uh, it certainly doesn't happen overnight. Now, when you first competed, was was sort of an Instagram game, social media game? Was that? Was that just as big or was that kind of more in the back foot? Um, I mean, I could probably look back. I mean, probably went for that whole prep, I posted like four or five photos. There was nothing really posted. And um, I, I prepped myself for my first two shows. And um, again, that was like such a massive learning experience for me. The amount I learned in those two shows just about my body and how to diet and everything, um, that's what really wanted to make me be a coach. So... I would say, um, sorry, what was the question again? You've put me on the spot here. We said about, damn, it's the first time I've forgot the question. We said about social media. Oh, yeah, social media, sorry. Um, I was I was obviously in the social media. I wasn't into massively posting, like I said. It was only four photos. So 
I wasn't like I cared that much about it, but when like all the photos and stuff, and I was like tagged and stuff on the day, and like all the guys I met, I followed them, how much they were posting, and like how many followers they had, I was like, oh wow, this is kind of a big deal. This is like how these people get recognized and stuff like that. So after that, it kind of really showed me you need to be out there more and doing that kind of stuff. And like honestly, hand on heart, I was not good at being out there on social media and posting stuff. I was I was quite bad. It's taken me like these, these many years to start posting more, showing people my journey, getting a bit more info out to people. It's some people are great at doing it. I wasn't at the start. I'm still not great. So it's um really if you're kind of opening out there and know what content to put out that people like. Yeah. But would you say that's just because of the type of guy you are? You just want to like fuck you just want to focus on the training, the diet and whatnot. And that's more of like a, a, a thought in the back of your mind. Yeah, it was very Dorian-esque. I wanted to just like go do the do and let people see me when I was done. Um, it was literally like, just go train the gym. Like, I mean, I I never wear a T-shirt in the gym. I don't think I've ever trained without a hoodie on. Nobody's ever seen me in a vest. I never show any skin. I hardly ever wear shorts. People never see me. And I've been like that since I started in the gym. I've been that like that for 10 years. And I'll always be like that. Like, I'll sweat my balls off in the gym and I'll wear hoodies all the time. I'll wear hoodies in the heat of summer. And, like, people will never see me, like, anything until, like, I'm ready to show people, like, a photo or when I stand on stage. I'm just always been like that. I'll, I'll probably never change. Yeah. But I, I think that that probably makes it more like a wow factor. You know, like, you think... I want, I want that, yeah. There was no social media, so you could see why when he stepped out, people went fucking nuts because that was the one time a year they saw them. And if you were the same, it's uh, it's that kind of, like, holy shit, have you seen, seen how fucking Greg looks? He's a week out or he's two weeks out or whatever. Um because I've often felt, maybe I've perhaps been guilty of this before, when it's your first show, you can kind of get in the guise of, oh, well, if I post every other week, I'm getting more likes, and then that makes me feel a bit better, and then I'm getting recognised. But I think that I ended up getting in my own head and being like, oh, you know, screenshotting another competitor, putting it beside that on a Canva thing, and it wasn't good, you know? Yeah. I think there was quite a lot of that. Yourself, you seem like someone that just... You focus on the straight and narrow. Doesn't matter what else is anyone's going on. Um, is it? Is that you? You'd be amazed at what things can get in your head and do for you, as in like how negative effect it can have on you. I mean, if I want to be the best, I've just got to focus on myself. I, I, I don't need to focus on whoever else is doing this or who I'm up against or what they're doing. It has nothing to do with how I'm going to go about my day or how I'm going to get results out of myself. I shouldn't worry about anybody else. I never do. I just know what I need to go and do in my day to be the best. And um, I, I mean, you've got to have a lot of belief in yourself, like to to think like I can win a show. So that's just all I've got to believe. I do, I do believe I can win my shows. So I just think that every day when I walk up to do a set, like I was like, this set's for the win. And it's like this set's going to get me the goal. This kind of all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of what I've got to believe. I mean, I don't need to worry about anybody else. But negative thoughts and like, if you see somebody and think, "Fuck, he looks good," that will affect you. That will affect your training that day. Like, oh, what's the, like, you can even think, like, what's the point? They look way better. I mean, it's like, they might not. Even, like, the yeah. last show I just done, I remember um, getting tanned, and there was this guy there. He was massive. He must have been about 125 kilos peeled. Jeez. And I was just like, Jesus, like, wow. And I absolutely beat the guy. He was, like, ninth, and I came third. So it's just, like, it has nothing to do with the size. But, like, that'll, that'll play in your mind. I played my mind all night, and the next day I beat him. It, like stuff like that just like really can't affect you and like you never you'll never see um like the truth in it as in like you look better than them so regardless of the size you're going to beat them 
you don't think that? Yeah, 100%. Now, obviously, someone that's able to adopt that mindset, and that's just you from the from the get-go, I'm fully, fully aware there's maybe a lot of listeners out there that they maybe struggle with self-confidence. They maybe struggle with that. They can't attack the bar. They, they can't have that mindset of, I'm going to, you know, this is for the winner. This, this is for what. So for someone out there that maybe is, they're looking to compete, but it's maybe the, the lack of belief or self-confidence within themselves that's holding them back. If, if you were chatting to them right now, what would your advice be? That's why, why, why they're here, what they're doing this for. And if it's just for themselves to feel better, I was like, well, then that's all you got to focus on. You, go and enjoy this set. Go, don't, like, attack the bar. Don't get angry. Don't do this. Like, go and do this for your own self-enjoyment. Like, say, go set a goal for your way to do. If you want seven reps, get that seven reps. Go for that seven reps and imagine how good you'll feel after that and go from there. Like, just attack each set as one at a time. The people that I see worrying about their whole workout it's like even if I'm, I'm going to do something I'm like man I've got squats next like don't think about squats like, you're not doing that it's now worry about what you're doing this very second what you need to get out of it not about what you need to get out of that in time you're in this moment here this is what I need to do so if I give advice to anybody it's just like just be in your own lane don't worry about anything else nobody else is here nobody else is looking at you nobody cares that's the thing people seem to think about the gym when they go and they're like I don't want to go over to the free free weight section. There's a lot of big guys there and they'll watch me do shit like shit form. My form will be wrong and they'll they'll look at me and they'll laugh. It's like nobody cares. Nobody cares. Everybody's there for their own reason. Everybody's there for their health. They want to get bigger. Some people are doing it for many other reasons. It's like nothing. Everyone's there for their own thing. You're there for yours. Don't worry about anybody else. Nobody cares. Just go and do your own thing and enjoy it. You have to have enjoyment of what you do. There's no point in doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Think if we were to so far. Don't overcomplicate things and, and don't worry about nothing. You know, just stop creating worry. I suppose in in their own head. Because um, yeah. that was something that I my first show. You know, the only person that puts pressure on you is yourself. hundred oh, percent. You know, and, and when you're constantly saying, "Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that." Um, oh God, I beat myself up for a few months after it. Mm. But I need to realise, well, well, actually, you know. Just one show. There's another one. There, yeah. There's another one after that. Have you had any shows that have maybe perhaps you maybe not had as great success in, and it's been like a, a motivator, a driver to be like, right, let's opt for the next one, um, or of all things, kind of went pretty smooth for you. Um, my first bodybuilding show, I genuinely had no idea. I honestly thought I would be last in my class. Genuinely, uh, I had no idea like how big I was, my condition, everything. I thought I was going to go in a classic class until like I got very close to the show and my weight was too big. And he's like, yeah. and we mailed the show promoter and he was like, he's not classic. And I was like, that's all he said. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to be doing bodybuilding then. And I was like, and then I was one of the biggest guys on stage and I won the class and I won the overall. It was just like, I was totally taken back by it. I had no clue that I would, I would have happened. So that to me was like a massive shock. But, um, my last show I just done, I mean, like, obviously, it was a very tough year, and uh, the facility I had to train in wasn't amazing. Um, so the, all I had in my mind was the guys that are going to be in the show probably have fully equipped gyms they're training at, and they're going to be doing better than me right now. And it was just like, that was the fire I had going all the time. I was like, I've got to train my ass off to outdo them because they've got better stuff than me. Yeah. Um, so when I came third, obviously, like, seeing the calibre of the people on stage, and it was like, 
the super heavyweight class and it was some of the best in Britain. So to come third, again, it was amazing. But I mean, I don't compete for third. I always want to come first. I think everybody who does that should say the same. Um, if you don't believe in yourself, you're going to win or you're going to be doing the best and you shouldn't be there. You have to have that kind of ambition and drive to compete and be that good. So as kind of redemption for this year, like I want to come back massively changed, massively improved and settle a score with myself. I love that. So many times I want to prove to this person, that person, you're just very much, I want to prove something to myself. I think if there's a take-home message in this whole podcast is, is that right there. I generally have believed in myself, like how I can look, like I can see how I, how I can look on stage and I've just not been there and I believe this year I will. So it's, I want, like when I stand on stage, I want that vision to become true and I can see it every day. I know how I can look and that's just the redemption of myself. Like I will look like that and I, I genuinely believe that is good enough to win. So that is like what I'm going at every day. I'm just believing in myself how I can look. I don't care about who looks like what. I believe that I can beat them. Yeah. yeah. I love that, dude. Would you say the title for your group then? If there, if, I don't know if you do vlogs or whatnot, but it would just be Redemption. Uh, I don't know. I think everybody does like the. I think everybody's like copied whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, probably just like the self redemption, something like along those lines would be like my inner, yeah, my inner redemption. Because I'm, I'm sure if you if you were to do it, mm. a lot of people that would be you know want to follow your journey because you're you're huge inspiration and sort of representation for for bodybuilding, but particularly yeah. obviously people in Scotland. So. If you did, I watch it. Me and Andy are both. Uh, we start doing more of our Scottish silverbacks um, videos throughout this. I mean, we're going to be prepping pretty much show for show. So uh, each video we'll be doing will be both the same weeks out, and we'll be doing like uh, similar. Well, doing the workouts obviously. So uh, that'll be quite a good series, I would say, everybody to watch. But um, definitely the vlogs and some gym kind of videos of just myself has been something I've been uh, looking at doing, and I might be doing it for this. Go to the Arnold Classic. Superb. Yeah. Who's stronger than you? We've uh, spoke about this. Um, it's very par. Um, when we've done our leg day video, I think I've gotten by a rep on the V squat. Um, he can back squat. I can't. But um, like I said, I've done like 300 kilos on the safety bar. He back squats like 260 for like eight reps or something. So. Uh, he does conventional deadlifts, whereas I'll do stiff legs. So, like, the hardness and, like, the weight is, like, we're very, very close. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, getting back on track, um, one of the things we were going to speak about was posing. And mm -hmm. understanding that a lot of guys, particularly in the, in the start of their journey, and I was, I was uh, of this as well, that they focus so hard on the training, so hard on the diet, so hard on, you know, their steps and their cardio. Um, and the one thing they forget is that they're going to, present their physique and how often you perhaps see someone walk out and they go hit like a front double or a side chest and you're just like they could look so much better than that right so i i see it as a form of art i'm sure you do too but i wondered you know for the the guys out there that start their journey you know can you just give us a little insight of the importance of posing in your eyes how often maybe perhaps you'd recommend that they should practice where, where they should start um and kind of how often they should do the do yeah um, I mean, I do, pose, I, I, I'm a posing coach as well. So posing to me is a massive thing in this. It's a, it's a lost art. It's not just an art, it's a lost art because you don't see the guys do it. 
especially in like the open class, like me and Andy use, like me and Andy are quite well known for our poses, like we love posing. So it's just a way to really present what you've worked hard on is people seem to think just standing there with the, with the muscles enough, but if you can't pop the pop the flare in your pose, then it's like whoever can is going to look better than you on stage. I mean, the, the judges, the eyes attract to that. So if you pose crap, you're just not going to be looked at. It's a way to really get the eyes eyes of the judges and the audience fixed on you. Um, I mean, like when I went done the British finals there, um, you have to do like a quick 20, 30 second flare and then you'll get called out for your mandatories. And like everybody went out and hit a couple front doubles or a back double. And I went out and like like slid along the floor and hit like an open pose shot. And everyone was just like, what the fuck? And I walked off stage and like about three of the guys went, how the fuck did you hit that at your size? And it's just yeah. like something to practice. It's like you need to practice it. Um, you, you can't be like 112 kilos on stage like jumping jumping across the floor it doesn't just happen it's like something you really need to practice um but i would definitely say for beginners like get i wouldn't say get a posing coach like as much but you need to have somebody show you the the basics and show you where your feet need to be your hand position how to pop certain areas like how to hide your weaknesses that's a massive one it's like hiding your weaknesses. everybody's got weaknesses so some poses are not going to look great for you but there's ways to hide that and make it look better um, so definitely, I would say, get somebody who is good at posing or knows what they're speaking about to help you out. But then it's just after that, you need to beat it and practice it all the time. I mean, I do uh, two check-ins a week. So, I mean, I'll go run through my poses twice a week at the moment. But when I'm actually in prep, I'll probably do them like every day or every second day just to make sure they're like honed in. And it's like not just, just second nature, like hit it and like that's it. I don't need to like hit it all the way pop that all the way, when it pop that, flex that, it's like, it's there. You just know it by feel and you've hit it so many times, it's just second nature. Yeah. I think another thing that maybe touch on how often you'll see it, they'll hold competitors that are very close in the position for a long time. They kind of just... 15 seconds or more. They might hold them until one starts shaking, right? But one starts to fade. So if someone was to say, right, okay, Greg, I get you... I'm going to practice, or I'll start practicing, I'll do a bit more. Could you just tell them maybe where should they start off? You know, should they hold the pose for X amount of time and then build it up over their prep? By the time you got to the end of your prep, you know, how, how long were you holding stuff for? I would say um, learn how to hit the pose. So look yourself in the mirror, make sure you're hitting the pose correctly. Once you've nailed that, then try and hold each pose for about 15 seconds um, and then really try and make it as less work as possible. So obviously holding each pose 15 seconds, you'll have to have a breather, what you think you've got to do, you have to transition into your next poses. So make sure that when you're transitioning, it's in a way that you can recover in yourself, like get a breath in without anybody seeing it. So don't start pumping the stomach out or stuff like that. So if I'm going from your front to the side, I won't just spin it. I'll like transition my hand over so it's almost across my stomach so I can get a couple of breaths in and I'll hit my side shot so there's no showing of me out of breath, nothing like that. You need to make sure it's like it's effortless. It's the main thing I would say to do. You're transitioning, make it nice flow, effortless, without any hesitation, without any adjustments after you've hit it. That's like the next stage on from that. And go through that three times. So like each round's three times. Like that, the British finals there, like I got called out into the first class. Um, and then I was on the outside, we went right round uh, poses and they're like, call me onto the centre stage. I had to go right round again. And then I switched round to another boy. So I was just on the outside of him and then done it again. So I did three whole rounds. 
and I'm not joking, I was gassed. And I was the yeah. only one standing on stage, like still trying to stand tall. Everybody had their hands on their knees. One boy was just pissing sweat, tam was everywhere. And it was like, you, it really shows when people practice posing big time yeah. on stage because if you don't, honestly, you'll be so gassed. It's like you just ran a mile sprinting. It's so hard. That, that's, that's people don't realize you, you know you make it look effortless but actually when you hit it and you're trying to smile and tense everything at the same time you get out of breath like <laughs> really really quick but at your sort of level and what you're aiming for and gunning for you know the little things matter and i think that everything that you just said anyone out there who is perhaps a seasoned competitor should be like ah fuck i've never thought about that and maybe, maybe it's worse because I hold a vacuum on all my poses. On, well, I hold a vacuum from all my front poses and stuff like that. So that's even harder, brave. So like that's like a next level. You should try and do for fifty seconds and go through round after round. It's so exhausting. Yeah, I can only imagine what that's like for you because I I do I do classic physique. Nowhere you know a lot smaller than yourself, but I've I've vacuumed four out of the five poses last year mm. and it was hard. And they've added in quarter turns this year. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to it. But I think that a lot of people think, well, I think some people out there might think that everyone needs to vacuum. Everyone should do it when, in fact, that's not the case. So could you kind of give us your opinion on that? Um, a vacuum is something I wanted to do. Um, it was just something I started trying, and I was looking in the mirror when I was doing it. I was like, that quite suits me. I have, I have the rib cage for it. I've got quite a small waist. My lat's popping off, so I was a perfect V, and I had the perfect symmetrical rib cage. And when I do it, because I've got quite pronounced abs, even when I hit a vacuum, you can still count all my abs inside my, my vacuum. So for me, it works amazing in my physique. But some people, they've got not the rib cage for me. The rib cage is too wide and they've got a blocky waist. So when they pull it, it just looks up and down, whereas it should bring you in. Um, some people, the rib cage is a bit off or it's a bit low and it doesn't pull out their physique the same. Some people have a very high rib cage. Again, it doesn't suit them. Some people can just pull up a shot and they've got such a great set of uh, abs they don't need to do it. The judge's eyes will be straight to that. For me, it adds more aesthetics to my look, which mm -hmm. at my weight and everything is quite something that I feel like is lost in the open class. So I want to try and keep the aesthetic class in my look. Um, that's the only reason I still do it because I feel that it really works for me, but it doesn't work for everybody. And it just seems something that everybody's trying to do right now. and It doesn't always work. They just think I'm going to look very classic if I pull a vacuum. Like a vacuum isn't classic. It was done by classic guys back in the day, but it doesn't mean it's going to make you look classic. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you said that. And it shows how kind of in-depth you know in regards to knowledge about talking about rib cages and, and, and sort of a blocky waist and whatnot. So if anyone out there is listening in regards to needing posing coaching, the person to go to is the person that's on the other end of this podcast. It's not me, by the way. It's <laughs> Certainly you, but anyway, listen, I know we're short for time, so I just want to finish up with a question I ask all, right. all guests. Um, and this doesn't need to pertain to bodybuilding. This could, could sort of pertain to, to anything, uh, life life experience, should it say. And it's always just asking just what your biggest lesson in life has been um, and kind of from that lesson, is there any advice you'd give to, to anyone listening? I probably will make it about bodybuilding, to be honest. Like, one thing I'm really noticing, like, now is, like, um, I wouldn't like to say I've got like a fuck off look about my face, but I've got quite an, an intimidating look. Everybody's always told me, and it's like, I don't mean it, it's just how I look. Yeah. But um, one thing that's all people have always said to me, like once they've actually came and spoke to me, 
it's like now I'll, I'll ramble on, I'll be very open, I'll give them knowledge and I'm quite friendly about it. And like people like you just don't look like that when you're like walking about and it's like, it's, it's just how I am. But if anybody approaches me, I'm very open and honest. And like the one thing I can say to people, like try and be as humble as possible. I mean, when I was starting out, I wish there was people I could approach and ask and like ask for some wisdom and knowledge and there just wasn't. And I wish there was people like you could see them trying to be open to people and give them advice. So one thing I could try and say to people is like, if you are like wanting to know stuff and there's somebody like myself, approach them and I'll guarantee it nine times out of 10, they're probably not as intimidating as you think. Um, so try and be as humble as possible to people that are like, starting out and they want to know stuff because they're just there's it's even though you know what you know now you weren't always there just there's that that person is and they want to know what you know and advice is something that's free and it's something i believe that everybody should like just ask and get what they need out of it yeah, yeah. so be to so be my advice would say be, be as humble as possible to people i fucking love that dude nothing <laughs> anyone listening to this podcast within the first five minutes could see you're an incredibly humble humble guy um, and you have a lot of respect not only for your your fellow competitors but just for the the sport of bodybuilding it's not you know it's not only inspiring for me but inspiring for thousands of other people out there within not only scotland but within the uk um, and i'm sure everyone across the uk will be gunning for you to get that pro card this year and then and then whatever comes thereafter what, what would you say your what's the big goal for you is it the pro card or is, it, is there a step above that Right now, like I said, like I only focus on the now. So the pro card is the now. Um, after that, it will be another goal. I don't like I always have a main goal, and I don't see the point in looking past that too far because I'm not there yet. So all my eggs are getting thrown into that basket of trying to get that, and then after that, it'll be another basket. I'm putting all my eggs into aim for. But I mean, like obviously, I think if you become a pro, this always to get to the Olympic qualifier. But I mean, that's a massive goal. I mean, I'm not even a pro yet, so. Just to get that pro card will be such an overwhelming feeling. I'll probably break down stage like a little kid. Um, but yeah, that is the goal right now, definitely. There's not as I can see past that just now. Absolutely. Now, for anyone listening to this out there that kind of wants to get in touch with you, wants to kind of know what you're about, can you just give them an idea of your know, website, Instagram handle, email, so they can get in touch? Um, my Instagram is uh, Scottish Titan underscore one, I'm pretty sure I'll double check. Yeah, Scottish Titan, uh, Scottish underscore Titan one. If they want to speak to me on Instagram, I'll give them a follow. Fantastic. So I think I speak for it, you know, everyone at VW Physique, everyone in Scotland, and we, we kind of wish you good luck for this year. We thank you for everything that you do, you stand for in the sport. Please continue to do that. I know that you will, and you don't need any sort of inspiration from me. But no, massive thank you, dude. And I think I speak for both myself and you. And we say to listeners that wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the bean.